Hello, and you are very welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout the series, I'm speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Well, today I'm delighted to be joined by William Getty, founder of Blue Cedar. William, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So uh, before we begin, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on William and his journey to date. So he graduated from the University of Bath in 2017 with a degree in business administration and management. Now, growing up, William had had an interest in gardening and transforming open spaces, which expanded after spending some time working on farms, both locally and internationally, in Australia. After graduating, William quickly developed his name in the market locally for his skills as a gardener and contract landscaper, which led him to achieving his goal of opening his own fabulous garden centre, Blue Cedar, in Balnahinch in 2019 at just 24. So Blue Cedar is a stylish and quirky garden centre. If you've been, you'll know that. It's purpose-built from locally sourced materials and it also features a farm and a coffee shop. Blue Cedar combines William's interests in one place so visitors can enjoy quality coffee, brunch, lunch and they're able to pick up expert knowledge on plants, shrubs and trees. I just had a little look at the site and very doggy friendly as well. Now the Novel Garden Centre's materials are all locally sourced within a 15 mile radius of Balnahinch supporting local business. This has been extended into the coffee and the gift shop where William is supporting local and independent suppliers. Now today, Blue Cedar has become one of the main social hubs in the area, attracting people from all around the region and further afield to enjoy brunch, coffee and gardening expertise. William's sister, Alex, who moved back from London, has become a director and Alex is actually instrumental now to the business with a particular focus in both the garden centre and coffee shop. But it is William who's in the studio uh, today. William, congratulations on your success. Thank you. And Thanks. you know, to be to be launching such a fabulous garden centre at the age of, of 24 is really incredible. Are you loving it? Most days. <laughs> <laughs> On the good days, anyway. So give us a wee bit. Of, I mean, obviously we had some, some uh, background there in the introductions. It, gardening <laughs> then, where did, where did that love come from? Yeah, well, I suppose... Like, you know the 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 interest from it was spurred from from my parents. You know both of them had quite a keen interest in it. Growing up with a relatively large garden, it was well they maybe made it interesting to me, but it was maybe more to get a bit of maintenance <laughs> done. But um, I I live uh, not far from Balnehinch, and I was just always quite eager from a young age. And like when I was leaving primary school or starting high school, um, you know I started cutting grass for neighbours and you know doing odd jobs for them around the house and that sort of actually continued to grow and grow and uh, as I say when I was leaving high school going to university you know I was able to continue that on through summer holidays being at university or like the semesters were quite short and it was really when I was coming out of university I was at a crossroads I was going to say right well you know because I said I went down maybe more of an academic route to start with um, and a lot of my friends from university they were going into London into the city and stuff and I was sort of at a crossroads I said look I've built up a a business here am I going to go and pursue my own interests and do this or am I going to go down a more 
sort of academic route, but I chose the more the vocational side of things. But it's it's been good. Like it's good to have that underpinning off. So you've always been very practical and hands yeah, on. Yeah, and did absolutely. you have to did you have to buy all your own kit or did okay, you? Okay, yeah, yeah, just from like just from a young age. That was probably my. Christmas presents and birthday presents when you were 13 or 14 was a leaf blower or a strimmer <laughs> or something. Not, I know what I want Xbox. for Christmas from Santa. Uh, yeah, a lawnmower. I know, exactly, yeah. But you went to, to university and you, you studied your degree in yeah. business administration and management. Yeah. So did you know you wanted to run your own business? Uh, yeah, I, I always, you know, I always did. And, and you know, that's, you know, something that, that I've always been very, very certain on from a young age. Um. I'm sort of figuring out now. You, you probably don't do it for the money anyway. You do it for the <laughs> for the sense of achievement. But some days you wonder is it worth it or not. But it's definitely um, it's definitely something that I've always been wanting to do. Um, I wouldn't have had anything against going. You know, I probably didn't see myself doing it so young or on a full time basis from such a young age. You know, I would have. Um, you know, I, I would have happily went and worked you know in an organization or you know to gain a bit more experience but just the way it sort of turned out and like you know I've always interested in a good bit of traveling and then the natural sort of time to do that or what I felt was best to do that was coming out of university or you know that that's whenever it pr- provided the, the sort of the gap that I that I could go and do the likes of that. So Blue Cedar has become as we've said <coughs> there a real social hub it's yeah. so popular um in the area around Ballin the Hinch but how did you go from doing other people's gardens, doing jobs here, there and everywhere to, to actually setting this up? Yeah, so um, I'd built up quite a good uh, customer base. Uh, like a long story short, you know, I'd sort of got in well with like uh, like a good clientele um, and we were doing a lot of work in East Belfast, a lot of landscape work and still do do a lot of that because the business itself now, for anyone who's not aware, it's structured, there's three main divisions to it. So there's garden, which is, you know, your garden centre style of things. You've got your coffee shop and the landscaping. Ah. So we still do a lot of landscaping with a couple of landscape teams out every day. And that's still a major, major part of the business. And that's where I would be still spending, you know, at least 50% of my time would be, you know, would be devoted to the landscaping or, you know, that, that consumes sort of a lot of my time as well. You know, we're still doing a lot, a lot of projects all across Northern Ireland, um, both, you know, like sort of residential stuff, but also a lot of commercial work oh, really? and whatever as well. So, I, And how did that start? I mean, how do you go from, as you say, cutting people's lawns yeah. to actually knowing how to landscape? Yeah, well, maybe, maybe I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're doing an okay job. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Like, it's you know, a lot of it was, like, sort of learnt on the job or, you know, I've got a lot of good contacts and everything. Um, But, like, I've got fantastic staff now. You know, I've got some real key individuals and, you know, across those three divisions. Um, I know we touched there, my sister Alex, like, she she basically runs Blue Cedar Ball in the Hinch, you know, garden centre, coffee shop off it. And I've got a few real good guys in the landscaping side of things as well, you know, who are capable of running each job. You know, they've got, they all bring a fantastic, set of skills so they do so and are they employees or do they work as yeah. associates no 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 they're all employed so wow. they are so how many people do you have on the books now um uh, probably across you know including the shop and landscaping uh, including part-time staff probably be sort of 12 13 14 people so it's really really incredible yeah yeah but you know that you must have realized too that people love a garden center in northern yeah Ireland. so as i was saying there um we were doing like a lot of landscape work and uh that's really where my focus was but as I said, I was from Ballon Hinch and quite well connected there. I have a lot of good f- 
friends and stuff and uh, it was just a real opening in the market or what I thought was an opening you know in the town it's it's a big enough town it's getting a lot bigger you know there's a lot more development and stuff happening around it and the town's slowly getting regenerated so um there was another site that I'd been looking at and you know I was quite close to getting a deal done on it but it was just end up it wasn't the most appropriate for me so what I actually took on was a derelict site in the middle of the high street um, there was four houses there before and they'd been demolished and had just been left for sort of five six years um, and I came in and cleared the site and we, we just started off like you know I've just built it you know as a, as a go and as I could afford it we've converted you know the, the novel thing about it is the coffee shop gift shop um, all the pot uh, potting areas, everything you know, it's all out of shipping containers. Like if you flick through our Instagram, you know, you'll you'll see the likes of that. So, you know, and I've just learned really from you know converting the first two containers. You know how to do it, and I've maybe got nine or ten containers on site. You know, so what what I've created there is like it's yes, it's your idea of the garden center and the coffee shop, but or what I'm trying to create is an experience. You know, it's not like I probably don't have the site area or the site space to compete with your large nurseries you know i'm not growing stock you know we're we're a retail environment but what the idea is that people they're not coming to buy you know 101 shrubs or whatever you know they're coming out like the families coming out for you know saturday brunch having a walk around after bringing the dog and then they're picking up a few pots a few trees you know whatever, whatever improve else is. their garden yeah, their yeah. little area and, yeah which i think during covid as well people have really valued what they have on their own yeah, doorstep oh, and, and how to brighten a place yeah. up and then you know the, the unique thing about it is that like you know all my sort of furniture as such you know it's all stuff that we have for sale you know or, or you know like the the stock and it you know it's the site's landscaped in a way you know it's not big polytunnels or rows of plants you know it's done you know that people can go on a bit of a journey you know through the through the premises and like again like you know linking back my sister alex like she's a good eye for you know a plant out what plants go to get you know so we've, you know there's a lot of like permanent features you know planted out and you know it's just, it's just to create a it's to create a bit of a like a hub, as you say, or somewhere which is quite relaxing. And This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 2200. But it's also yeah. building that brand, yeah, that well, that's, blue that is cedar the idea. brand. Where yeah. did that name come from? Nowhere in nowhere in particular, probably a bit to differentiate or a bit to, to stand out, you know. It's um there's nowhere in the as I say, there was like nowhere really in the local area or you know, I didn't just want Balnage Garden Centre <laughs> or something, you know, it's just to just to stand out really and yeah. and make something a bit different. And do you find then that customers are coming in and then realizing you do the landscaping as well and then Yeah, so that's so, you know, in terms of business growth, um, you know, I it's probably through opening Blue Cedar and Balnage opening the shop, it's actually the landscaping which has been, you know, it's had the the most sort of generation out of it. You know, the landscape was just we're constantly at capacity, um, which is fantastic. You know, and what difference do you think landscaping makes to a property? What what does it oh, add? Like it's you know it's 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 
the it's the you know it's the icing on the cake. The problem is you know you don't see you know the rest of the hard work that goes into a property or whatever. But you know you need the landscaping round the edge you know to make the curb appeal and whatever. Um, it's definitely the the finishing touches, but it's it's something that you know if we're doing it on a new build, you know it's something that people don't often realize or maybe people are becoming more aware of it but it's something that needs to be integrated into the new build from day one you know and it's something that people need to you know plan for and start thinking towards and do you find that people are still coming to you and wanting it low maintenance i'm thinking you know or or are there some people who just want lots of flower beds yeah. and they want to spend their time waiting? i mean <laughs> those, do those people exist <laughs> people like that exist aren't people who get landscapers those people come into the shop and they'll buy their plants and they'll know exactly they do it themselves what plants they want, you know, our, our main customer is people wanting, you know, a new patio, as you say, but a low maintenance cobbles around the edge, fencing deck and whatever it is, you know, that's that's sort of where, where what, my main what's customer the big, base is. What's the big thing now in landscaping? Um, I would say definitely the last sort of two, three years, the, the main thing is uh, porcelain, you know, people are going, you know, porcelain tiles, it, people oh. are wanting an extension, it's an outdoor room, you know, people flowing from your kitchen living area to the outside, um, so even even your natural stone paving, like you know, even ten years ago, there was all your Tobermores and stuff like that were very in fashion, and yeah. like that was like a household name. Whereas that's starting to drift away now. You know, your natural stone paving and yeah, your your porcelains and stuff like that. You know, it's all a bit more Italian or Mediterranean sort of. And then going back to your even your natural stones, that's more like your cottage garden styles. And I'm dying to know what your own garden's like. My garden's smaller than this room. <laughs> I was going to say you probably <laughs> no time to do a garden. My garden, own. my garden's like a mechanic's car. It's the last thing to be looked uh, no. at. Uh, but a dream garden. What would you love to create? It would depend on the site. You know, it would depend on 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 where you are and what you have around you. You know, probably something relatively natural and like a bit of woodland and just more native sort of native sort of gardens and then obviously all your spring colour and perennial colour. But not too manicured. Now William you started your business up during a particularly tough time or rather we didn't know how tough it was going to get uh, back in 2019 just before the pandemic. Yeah yeah. How's um, it been? Yeah I mean we opened Blue Cedar uh, start of September 2019 and uh I sort of said, well, if I can get through the first winter, you know, obviously it was like everything. I I sort of, you know, got the got the paperwork and got the go ahead on the site from that sort of April before that, and it took me six months, you know, to get the site into. By the time I got the services put in and you know, got it sort of the site itself landscaped to the way I wanted, it took uh, six months, and I was thinking, flip, yeah, obviously you'd want to have a garden centre open for the spring, and yeah. it just didn't didn't no. happen so as I say it was into the autumn time and I said if I can get through the first winter here you know I'll be flying and uh, at that point in time I was saying that we're opening up a, a garden centre but what really happened over that winter was we'd opened up a coffee shop that sold a few plants mm-hmm. you know I was thinking I'm opening up a garden centre that'll sell a few coffees but you know it was really the other way around but it, it got us through and then just as the weather was turning obviously the pandemic hit so yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely a big upturn at the start. But uh, what actually happened was obviously, like as you know, we had three, four months of wall to wall sunshine. That's right. Nobody could leave home. The only thing that people could do was garden and whatever. And we were at the time a small enough outfit that we could sort of slip under the radar. And uh, and what were the rules around garden centres? Were you allowed to go? You were no. Allowed? So we were closed, but we were allowed to do home delivery. Ah. So we were offering. You know, all the staff were sort of redeployed. Yeah. You, know, you know they became you know delivering and whatever and it was a, a very busy busy time you know and 
the fantastic thing is like a lot of our stock um in terms of plants it's all look like it's all Irish grown anyway um at that time I wouldn't even have really been buying out of the south so it was all you know stuff in the north of Ireland so I was still like largely speaking able to get plants in so um, how do people know that you were doing this was uh, it social yeah, media yeah social media at right. the time really and and word of mouth you know as as you know like everybody was uh Everybody was sitting at home and just speaking with their neighbours or their family or and their bored. friends. And bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what it, can it worked. We do to make it, home yeah, nicer. It, it worked well. Um, but going forward with that, like you know, the adjustments that we've had to make from the business, you know, there was a lot of things like uh, obviously the food and drink element just ceased for probably the best part of six months, mm. you know, or whatever it was. And uh, then we, whenever we were coming back in, we uh, opened up, you know, I put another container in as a bit of an outdoor seating area, you know, got it fitted out and. And sure, you like those times you were allowed to have it open for a week, and then it was closed again and back. It's really back. difficult. Yeah, so we have adjusted the business. Um, it it sort of works on a more. It is an outdoor venue, or you know, we we do have covered seating everywhere, heated, you know, heaters and whatever. But just but, in case. Well, it's not even just in case, but it's, it's just it's the way we've had to adapt. But it's probably worked out better, you know. Do you or think people a, quite like it? I yeah, think you know, even absolutely. having the coat like, on I, I, in the winter, yeah, I like being outside. Yeah, and it, it's all covered. You know, all yeah. areas are covered, and you know, especially um, we're finding like a lot of the sort of our customers, you know, sixty five plus, are feeling more safe in that environment. You know, if they're especially if they're meeting people who they don't see that regularly or whatever, they're feeling quite safe in that in that outdoor environment. Even still, you know, there there's still quite a lot of the cautious people out there s- since the pandemic. So. It's working well that way. Well, that's great. And and you have had an awful lot of support, haven't you, from your family, your friends, yeah. and indeed the local community. Yeah, like absolutely. Like, you know, you've, you've, hit the, you've hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, it is uh, family and friends and local community, like, you know, um, like neighbouring businesses, you know, everything like that. Um, you know, that, that that's the one thing that, you know, I feel is uh, where you lack support from. And I would say a lot of startups or local businesses feel the same as you know there's very little support out there from government bodies or you know you see these things invest ni or your local councils but like I, i'm yet to see actually any benefit from it or why do they not help you um it's not even that they, they don't help you or that, that there's not support out there it's uh it's, it's the access to that support which i find difficult um i feel like if you were you know, a larger business or a larger organisation, you can maybe have somebody employed in-house to, to, to help access that grant, those grants or those fundings. But for me or for us, you know, you're maybe made aware of these schemes, but to actually, you know, sit down, fill out the forms, get everything in order, all the mandates in place, it's, it's just unfeasible for, for a young company. Or, you know, I'm far too busy doing other things, doing day-to-day running of the business or making sure that, you know, I've got the products there to sell tomorrow or the landscapers have, you know, the materials there to finish, a, you know, finish a job to get paid. I don't have time to be sitting down and, and filling out forms and forms of grant, for, you know. And well, absolutely. And you're still very much, you know, you are the business. Uh, exactly. You need to be yeah. seeing a little bit of dirt on the old <laughs> arms as if you've come straight <laughs> from site. So, yeah. you know, you're not sitting in an office and no. you're not maybe in front of the computer. Yeah. But, so what message would you give then to those people who are supposed to be supporting uh, I, I think they, like I think they need, like, uh, you, you know, be it more you know they'll, they'll hold these workshops or whatever and you you go to your workshop and it's the same as the information they email out to you you know i think they need to actually you know 
you register your interest with them and they maybe have somebody on the ground who can come round, you come know, the businesses, you. you know, and actually say, right, you know, what are you thinking of doing? I say, yeah, well, I'm thinking of putting in this new office suite, you know, and the computers are costing five grand because I knew there was grants there, you know, they could fit up to 50%, but it's actually organising it, getting your quotes for it. So you know. have you had any investment no, at all? No, no help. Just all, all, all self-funded, self-funded through, you know, retained profits. Goodness me. And how, yeah. you know, has that been quite daunting for yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I remember whenever I opened up, and as I say, we're hitting our third year anniversary here. So when I opened the shop, everybody said, oh, uh, you know, all your, you know, local business people or whatever. And we said, so you make no money in the first three years. You mm. make no money. And I always said, that's nonsense. Like, I'll prove these people wrong. And it's true. And it's not that you don't make any money, but any money that you make, you're constantly reinvesting. And, and, and the problem that really what I found difficult, especially for the first sort of 24, 30 months, was that money that I wasn't making or those profits that were going back in, I was going back in a lot of the time to government bodies. You know, that was going back to, you know, when it wasn't your tax bill, your VAT bill, your PAYE. And then to make it worse than that, it wasn't, you know, I got no help through my local, local planning office, you know, if anything, building control were all over my back, local planners were over my back. So, so then, no one was making it easy yeah, for you? Yeah, so then you've got your architect's fees of X amount of thousands, your planning application fee of X amount of thousands, and that's where then uh, suddenly I got all that cleared up and all that off my back, and it's only been in the last sort of four or five months that then that retained profit, I've actually been able to add new stock lines, add things to enhance the site, built a new kids' play park, you know, and that's where then your customers are noticing, you know, those major changes, which actually maybe aren't the most expensive things to implement, but it's the it's for the last, you know, twenty four months previous to that, it was all going back to back to what I would call like sort of local government. And would you have borrowed a lot initially? Not necessarily. Okay. You know, um I I've a, a good relationship um, with the credit union actually you know and they've yeah. always been good lenders for me and the, the likes of that getting that you know at, at, at the time just before starting you know had a bit of a shortfall and, and the likes of them they were brilliant you know because it's fairly straightforward and quick lending is probably not the most cost effective lending but it's really now then where I can sit down and like actually have right here's my trading history here's my accounts for the last three years and then look at look at alternative alternative forms of landing. And I suppose then it's very much about holding your nerve and staying strong. Yeah, with, absolutely. Because in business, and yeah. many people who sit where you are now say they just don't see the curveballs that are coming, no, you know, planning no. for uh, and that, shock yeah, and, and disruption. Yeah, and that, that's where I mean is like, those those curveballs, you know, if you have a if you have a customer who throws a curveball at you, you know, nine times out of ten you can rectify it, uh-huh. y- you can amend it. You know, if there's been a problem, it can, they can be satisfied, or if they're looking for something you don't have, you can get it or whatever. But it's it's it was always from the public bodies. You know, there's no talking to them. There's no let up from them, you know, they're just over your back and they say, right, building control stipulates that you need to do X, Y, and Z. And a lot of the times I was meeting with the building control officers or whatever, I was saying, look, I don't disagree with what you're asking me to do, but for me to implement these things, it's, you know, it's tens of thousands of pounds and, you know, I do plan to do it, but when, you know, is, is, the, is the issue. So three years have passed now and are you able to start taking a wage yourself <laughs> yeah um yeah like uh, don't get me wrong the last couple of months like you know this summer this summer's been good but it's it's, it's well needed so yeah, it is you I know, know and, and everybody's and, like, actually and out it, and about and yeah, loving it and how worried are you about 
at the time of recording this, we are facing into the autumn. And yeah. if you switch on the TV, on the news at the minute, cost of living crisis looming. How worried are you that your customers won't have the same money in the pocket to visit the garden centre yeah. or do the landscaping? Um, yeah, like it's, it's something that you have to, you, you know, you bear in mind, no doubt. Um, I think the 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 business that we've created we're aiming for our demographic is uh we've, okay yeah we've got our like our young couples in the local area and you know we've you know we're trying to draw people out of belfast to balanch and you know we are successful that way but a lot of our customer base as well they're you know at a retirement sort of age so you know to, to an extent i'm hoping that a recession doesn't have a major effect you know on their on their pocket and you know and they're the same people who were locked down and affected so badly y- that they appreciate that social hub yeah absolutely and what about the cost of business and doing business what about materials yeah. and all of that so you, again that from mean? a landscaping point of view yes those costs have rose but all i can do is pass that on to you know to the customer to the end user and it's often a question of you know if you if you don't want to do that because you feel like the costs have rose too much, let's look at alternatives. Let's you know reduce the area you're going to do. Let's you know change the materials or whatever it happens to be. So so far, I'm just thinking. You know, if you put fifty p on a cup of coffee or something like that, mm-hmm. has anybody said, "Oh, your prices?" Well, yeah. Up? I mean, a major thing for the coffee. I think it was in April this year in the uh, food and drink side. The VAT jumped from twelve and a half percent to twenty percent. So that's you know an instant. Mm-hmm. instant rise right across the board and I didn't think that you know that would have happened in the the food and drink thing or you know I thought we would have been still on a reduced fat rate for for a certain period of time um but like luckily coffee's becoming one of those products is an elastic demand you know people are you know needing their we coffee. just love our coffee <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know yeah. does anybody have instant coffee that sounds like such a, an awful thing <laughs> to say yeah. it is true yeah. when, when I was growing up yeah. we just loved our instant coffee yeah. but now everybody has to have their coffee yeah. will that change we will um yeah we'll have to I don't think I don't see. think that's going to change you know for I, I mean from from what I'm seeing and you know be it People coming into people coming into Blue Cedar or us working out in people's houses. There's the population demand now for absolutely everything. You know, I even remember when I was sort of midway through high school or whatever it was. You know, the last recession hitting, and you know it was doom and gloom. But you know, I just see now like people. You know, even when we were working on sites, people the houses can't be built quick enough. I've got friends who can't buy houses quick enough. Like everybody, you you, you know, I just feel like there's the there's the population demand for absolutely everything mm-hmm. and. You know, from a even from an operational point of view, and in, in, in Blue Cedar, at times, you know, if we're selling two pots for fifty quid, and somebody comes in and can't afford them, like the, there'll be somebody else who will come along. Yeah, you mightn't sell them today for that, but you'll sell them. You know, somebody will come along because still, even getting materials like that or products like that, can there's a bit of a lag time and a bit of a a delay on the likes of that so but you're saying that people still have the money and they're still spending at the minute I and think so. perhaps there's a cheaper alternative for those who, who yeah who want yeah to. and that's what that's just what we're trying to do is mm. just you know cater you know across the across the board for for all what do you think's been the biggest lesson you've learned so far in in the short time that you've had your own business um it's, it's hard to know i mean like you were making point to like you know any success but like i you know it's 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 down to this this team that i have around me and the staff that i have around me you know and i suppose like the the biggest lesson that i have or you know any time where i see a downfall of another business you know it's a lot to do with the staff and you know i guess how you treat the staff 
you know, or what 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 do you expect off the staff? You know, it's it's only going to be and is it quite niche the the skills yeah. that, that people? Yeah. So who, how do you recruit? Where do you find people? Well, you know, from landscaping side of things, it's a lot of people you know, a lot of guys you know who I know or who I've grew up with. You know, and we've got a couple of young guys who you know started when they were eighteen, nineteen. You know, and you know three, four years on, whatever. You know, they're they're fantastic. You know, now so, so sell it to me as a career. If anybody's sitting uh, tuning in now and they think I know my yeah. young person would, yeah. would would be really good at this. Yeah. Why would why is it a great life? Uh, well, from a even in Blue Cedars itself, you know anybody. Yeah, we do. We try to recruit young. You know, the, 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 the ethos of the business is it's a young company. And, like, you know, in, in Blue Cedar, you know, there's there's very few people that work there, maybe over the age of 30, you know, so it's it's a young, so dynamic, it is a young. So I was fresh. being ageist as well there because actually somebody might yeah. think, I fancy a change in career. But y- yeah, but, like, we do. I do get people. That, like, there's actually there's a, there's a fellow who's retired and he works two days a week, you know, and he does maintenance stuff, and, and it just fits in. It, it's 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 probably it's really a lot to do with the type of person or if you're dynamic and you're, you know, you're just interested, polite, friendly. You know, that's, that's something that I just am very, very, uh, like, passionate about or you know making sure that you know everybody's puts on like a, a happy face and because a lot of times like we do find that you know in Blue Sea, there's a there's a lot of people out there who like you never know what they're going through or you don't know what people are going through and like they're using their coffee break or you know their 10 minutes to come in and chat with people and like i do feel sorry for the girls sometimes you know they're having to listen to all the problems of such and such and hear what's happened and whatever but in the end of the day, that's you know, we're, we're like it's it's the girls who put on the brave face or you know put up with. Well, that's with lovely it. too that that people feel they can yeah, come in and yeah, and, 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 that, and, that's, and that's there's a friendly face exactly, and, and, a and that's linking ear. back to what I've said about the overall site and the layout of the site is it's to make a friendly, like sort of tranquil atmosphere. And are you really proud of what you've achieved? Yeah, I mean, like I, I don't really probably stop often enough, or you know, like uh, the, the problem is, like. You know, it's it's, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of what I've built up, but you're always wanting to do more. You're wanting to push to, you know, f- you know, expand or finish. You know, there's still a small area. Like, you know, I've got a customer car park on site. You know, and I want to just get it finished off and tidied up and stuff. And then I feel like at that point, I'll be able to sort of s- sit back or stop and say, look, this is brilliant. You know what I've created, but then problem is with me you know as soon as that's done obviously I'm right, well sure we'll change this or we'll move this or and what about the whole selling yourself as well even being coming in and doing this podcast today how do you how comfortable are you with all of that well, sure, of things? <laughs> well I don't know about how comfortable until I listen to it back but <laughs> <laughs> no you're doing great <laughs> you're asking me questions about me is it? sure if you can't answer them <laughs> yeah I'm sure yeah. other people could be sitting here saying different things about me but <laughs> but you have a great success story you've followed a passion yeah you've turned something that started off as a hobby or, yeah. a, or a part-time yeah. job yeah. into a business yeah. and you now employ other people yeah that to me is a success story in business yeah and that's something you should be very proud yeah. of oh, thank you what do your family say okay yeah no everybody's everybody thinks it's brilliant you know and like you know I'm, I'm very lucky to you know, come from a close family and a very stable family who, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, they're involved. Like, they're not, yeah, okay, like, you know, my sister Alex had mentioned, you know, she, like, runs it, you know, and but, um like, my other family, you know, I could say to them, uh, you know, what about this or what about that or bounce ideas back and forward to them. So. Do you have a favourite product, plant, tree? 
Just the profitable ones. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> the fifty pound pots only, please. Um no, no seriously, what, um, what is your what is your favourite? I don't really have anything off particular. I, I don't know. We d- we try to like differentiate the plants as well a bit. You know, there's there's a lot of um you know I, I feel like a lot of garden centres, your big garden centres across Northern Ireland, you know, everybody would know three or four of the big retailers and you know, you're looking at their stock lines and they're becoming dated. You know, they're they're selling and the dated gardens, dated garden furniture, or well, what I what I you know see as you know we're trying to be novel, you know, fresh products, fresh plants, even if it's smaller numbers, holding smaller numbers of stock, selling them quick. And uh, but what we're really doing is, you know, I like that sort of Mediterranean style mm. gardens, and you know we're doing a big range in the olive trees and more your topiary side of things. You know that people are, you know, they're not coming in and filling a trolley off, you know, just garden shrubs you're coming in and buying one piece of topiary to put into the middle of the garden you know and, and make a statement and it's probably that sort of style of of, of the likes you know that well I there's definitely a gap in the market for you and a huge gap because as you say yes i do love a garden center yeah. i love wandering around but yeah. maybe maybe some of the offerings there aren't just as modern or yeah. as new and it's nice to see yeah, something exactly. exciting yeah. and fresh wait you know uh, it was a year ago then we opened up a like a gift shop on site as well and that's the idea you know it's it's uh, local suppliers and local retailers, but it's 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 a particular type of stuff. You know, it's quite modern, fresh stuff. Same with the farm shop offering. You know, farm shops are brilliant. You yeah, know, tell me about the farm shop. We haven't really discussed. Yeah, that. so like, and, and it is good, but you know what what we were finding to an extent is, you know, farm shops and delis. They're all across Northern Ireland. They're fantastic. I do love them, but the problem is, you go into one and it's the same as the next one, the same as the next one, and they are all local suppliers, and I know a lot of them, and we sell a lot of their stuff. But we're again trying to pull in a bit of a different, maybe more of like an Italian style theme or just, you know, to differentiate the products ever so slightly. Well, you've definitely whetted my appetite. Yeah. Just checking out the Instagram page there. It looks lovely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, anywhere where you can get a nice cup of coffee and a tree yeah. bake and have a wander around and pick up a nice gift yeah. or a plant is is definitely ticks. Yeah ticks the box for me but before I let you go from the podcast studio today William the purpose of this podcast and I ask this question to everyone is to inspire existing business owners and those ambitious entrepreneurs out there um, to grow their business or start a business by offering insight into the success of businesses such as Blue Cedar so the big question what advice would you give people who may have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether the risk is worth taking yeah um i would say you know probably the the best but it's the you know you need to be prepared for the hard work you know it is hard work and there's no substitute for it you know there's uh you know i had a good wee business going before i opened up blue cedar and you know it was profitable and i've had to take a back step from that for the last sort of three years really and you know and everybody who's involved in the company you know my sister Alex as well, all like all the staff were, you know, uh, for the last three years, you know, everybody's paid fairly or whatever it is, but it's been, you know, only now that we're actually able to see or what I'm able to say is that like a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, you know, the, the last two and a half years anyway were tough and long, long hours. And that's what I'd say to anybody is be prepared for that. And if you know yourself that there will be light at the end of the tunnel or if you believe in yourself that, that you will get there, but you know, there, uh, I think, you know, be prepared for that hard work because there is no substitute for it. Like maybe now I'm not having to be pumping in the 100 hour weeks, but I know that if anybody around me, you know, anybody's instrumental in the business, 
they, if, if it had to be done now, they would still do it. And if I had to do it, I'd still do it. And like those closest to me or family or whatever, you know, you can have commitments and they know that really that it is it is your business it has to come first especially in the early days to to make it succeed and you know uh, that's what my advice to other people would be is it depends what stage you're at like you know i'm glad that i've done it when i'm young and even if it does fail like i can still go back and do something else or or try something else but I, like i feel like a sense of achievement because i've already done it but i would definitely advise people like yeah 100 percent, go and do it you know if, if, if that's what you want to do and you feel like and that it's in you to do it go 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 and do it but definitely calculate the risk and work out work out the opportunity cost you know if you know as you say when i'm 24 coming out of uni you know i could have been going on to a decent salary and in three four years time now you know with, with that salary growth and stuff yeah money in the pocket you'd be better off but it's as if you, if you have the passion for it, definitely go ahead and do it. You'll reap the rewards in the long run, but those hundred hour weeks and all of that hard yeah. graft and that going back to go forward yeah, is 100%. what's required to make this work. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that light at the end of the tunnel is shining brightly for you right oh, now. I so, so. <laughs> um, I can't wait to visit. Thank you yeah, so much definitely. for joining us on the Public Eye podcast, William. Uh, take care and thanks for tuning in, folks. I'll be back again soon with another great episode. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.